Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. The amount of retail office versus warehouse will also affect that blended rate. So if it's 90% retail, 10% warehouse, you're going to be closer to retail pricing, especially if the location is retail friendly. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and this is an episode of Beyond Multifamily, where we will dive into topics other than multifamily investing. Today, we're going to dive into flex space buildings, also known as industrial flex or just flex space. What is a flex space building? It's typically a combination of either office, showroom, retail, with some kind of storage or warehouse space in the rear. There are typically bay doors or loading docks on the rear of the building, and the front of it is often just a man door where you walk into either an office, a showroom, or a retail spot. The rear can be used to house vehicles, manufacture goods, or just storage. The types of businesses you'll typically find in a flex space building 
can be a machine shop, a woodworking shop, an auto detailing or auto tint place, auto repair. We've had churches in some of our flex space buildings, food manufacturing. We had somebody that made cake sprinkles and sold them out of the front of the flex space building. Healthcare companies often use them. People that need oxygen, they'll store the vans indoors or durable medical equipment companies will store all of their products in the rear warehouse section. The front can be office support staff as well as walk-in customers. We've had pest control companies use FlexSpace. HVAC plumbing companies have used our space. And those are great because they can park their vans, which often contain very expensive equipment and tools inside of a locked building rather than just a fenced-in parking lot. Painters, plumbers, all other good uses for flex space buildings. What typically determines the tenant that goes into the flex space is the location. If you have a flex building in an industrial park, that is ideal for non-customer-facing businesses. So a machine shop, a woodworking shop, or even a distribution shop for equipment. If you have a flex space in a neighborhood location, something near other strip malls or other businesses, now you can have the customer-facing retail component of that business. So again, our lady who made cake sprinkles would be ideal. A pest control company that maybe wants some visibility from the road. Location is important to keep in mind when you're buying, renovating, or determining whether to buy a flex space building. The reason is if you're in an industrial area, you know that it's not going to have a retail customer presence. So it can be a little bit rougher. It doesn't have to have a nice retail showroom. It may not have to have a nice exterior signage lighting. It can be more of just a solo, again, woodworking shop, machine shop where people just show up to work do their job and leave, and there's never ever customers that come in there. However, when you are in that neighborhood location, know that your flex space is probably going to have walk-in foot traffic. You may need additional parking, and your showrooms or your entries are going to have to be a little bit nicer so that the businesses can present to their customers. Something else to think about for location is if you are near an interstate or intersecting interstates, you may want to find a larger facility that can be used as a distribution warehouse. Why do I love flex space buildings? The overhead is so minimal. Often these tenants that go in there are not picky. In a retail location, everything's got to be right. The signage, the facade, the parking lot's got to be nice and sealed, no potholes. Everything needs to be on the up and up with these industrial flex space buildings, especially the ones that are located off the beaten path in industrial business parks. We've bought them where they've had giant potholes from semis coming in and out. Lighting is poor. Signage is almost non-existent. Roofs are leaking and the tenants somehow put up with it. So when we go in there and make these improvements, we look like rock stars, but the tenants are just easier to deal with and easier to manage. Another reason I love flex space buildings is because the tenants, in my experience, 
often will put their own money into renovating the space. We had a pretty rough looking industrial flex building in Atlanta and a church wanted to lease up about 6,000 square feet. They took what should have been just a giant, ugly warehouse space and they put nice flooring, put drywall. They made it into a really nice church, renovated all the bathrooms and they did it on their dime. So if this church ever leaves, that space will be easily rented out at a much higher dollar per square foot, or it can be easily gutted and returned to warehouse space. There's also something about flex space buildings where the business owners take ownership of their space. It's kind of like they've taken control of their own encapsulated space. And if an office needs to be bigger, smaller, moved, they often do it on their dime. I don't think we've ever paid tenant improvement money on a flex space building. And this is not the case with retail or office. Another reason I love flex is the location really doesn't matter. Let's think about retail or office for a second. Office, you need to be near people's homes or in a central business district. For retail, you've got to have a well-trafficked location and again, a presentable building. With Flex, you can find a tenant for wherever your location is or whatever condition your location is in. These buildings are often constructed of just block foundations, metal siding, flat rubber roofing, or metal roofing. They're easy to maintain. And as a new landlord, when you go in there, make those improvements on lighting, paint the facade, you look like a rock star. Another reason I love flex buildings is HVAC often is just minimalistic. You don't have to have a lot of ducting. It's just ceiling mounted units that provide AC and heat. Parking lots, again, depending on location, could be just gravel lots. One of the keys for flex buildings is either the drive-in bay or loading dock. Now with a loading dock, if it's accessible by a semi-trailer, that's a huge plus. You just have to make sure it's appropriate, meaning you have the proper size building. You can't have a semi-accessible loading dock for a 2,000 square foot space. A semi-trailer has three to 4,000 cubic feet of storage. So when you have your flex space, you want to make sure if you have a loading dock that's semi-accessible, you don't chop up the space. And that's also one of the benefits of a flex space building where it's typically built as a shell. Let's say it's a 10,000 square foot shell. The demarcating walls in between each suite are determined by the entry doors. Now, these can also be moved around. If a tenant is outgrowing their space, you can take down the wall in between their suite and the next one, and they can expand quite easily. If you have a 5,000 square foot flex space that you want to break down into two 2,500 square foot spaces, you just want to make sure that you have enough entry doors front and rear for each tenant. And also there's tenants that may not require the rear door. So back to the dock doors, the loading doors, the drive-in bays. Typically, if you could drive into the flex space with a box truck, that is perfect. A bay door that's at least 12 feet tall is ideal. You can get just about any kind of small box truck van in there. 
windows are also typically not important in a flex space building if there is a retail component to this building sure have some glass up front but along the sides and rear of the building you just often don't see windows which means there's less maintenance less items to repair and less overall cost of ownership We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years. And he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. If you needed to add additional HVAC components for, let's say, the retail showroom or an office, you can easily add a split system for a few thousand dollars. You just want to make sure that whatever flex space building you buy has adequate power Three phase is ideal, not necessary, but just make sure that there's enough power for future upgrades. Something I've seen a lot of people advertise lately is investing in flex space is COVID resistant. I guess that could be the case. You typically have your own entrance for your own suite. There's no common hallways, common bathrooms, which another benefit is you get to charge for all of your square footage. If you take an office building, for example, there's a lot of common area where you have lobbies or hallways or elevators where nobody is paying for that square footage unless they're paying cam charges, which we'll discuss in a future episode. But all of your square footage in a flex building is accounted for by a tenant and should be charged appropriately on each lease. The higher the ceilings, the better for flex space. People can use them for storage you can have a two-story mezzanine and office storage on two different stories. You can have a first floor retail office and the second story could be all storage. One thing that we've had a lot of luck in adding NOI to our flex buildings is charging cam. Typically when you buy the smaller flex buildings, there's no cam charges. It's just a gross rent that each business owner pays. Well, if you go in there and determine the cost of your dumpster, 
the cost of maybe the common water, the cost of lighting the parking lot is X number of dollars per year, divide that up by 12, add some additional cushion for maybe redoing the parking lot every four or five years, and you can now let your tenants know that there's going to be a cam charge when their leases come up for renewal. Let's say they're paying $10 a square foot. You may not be able to add five additional dollars in cam. That's a 50% increase in their rent, but you can reduce their rent to, let's say, $8 a square foot and add the $5 per foot for cam. And this way, when you go to sell your property to, let's say, an out-of-state tenant, they don't have to worry about variable costs. They know if the parking lot needs to be redone, if lighting in the parking lot needs to be repaired or upgraded, it can all come out of the cam charges. And whatever the advertised NOI is on the sale is going to be what that new owner landlord receives because it is now a triple net lease. And if you remember from my earlier podcasts, triple net leases are very easy to sell and they often sell at a lower cap rate. So even if you have somebody at $10 a square foot and you add in cam charges, but keep them at $10 a square foot, not increase their NOI at all, because you now have a triple net lease, the value of your property is increased because the cap rate may have dropped a point or two. You can also take smaller steps in adding cam onto your tenants. So with FlexSpace, and again, the smaller ones are typically one to three year leases. I would not add in renewals because renewals only help the tenants. They don't help the landlords at all. I'll illustrate that because if you look our time today, we're in a high inflationary period where apartment rents are going up in some cases 15, 20, 30% year over year. Well, imagine those apartment tenants had a five-year lease or a three-year lease with two options to renew, and each renewal is only a 5 or 10% rent bump. Now you can't arbitrarily go in and raise rents regardless of what inflation is doing. So with these flex spaces especially, if you can sign one to three-year leases with no renewals, you can adjust your next lease at market rates. And if you get on any commercial brokerage site, you'll see that properties that are triple net often trade at a much lower cap rate than properties that have gross leases where the landlord is still responsible for those common area charges. So I encourage you to build in CAM into the leases. Now you can start small. If there is a dumpster or if there's snow removal, you can tell your tenants, hey, listen, we're going to start charging you an extra $50 a month for the use of the dumpster. Or in the winter months, we're going to charge an extra $100 a month for snow removal. Tenants often don't have a problem with that because it's a justified cost. It's not arbitrary. What are some of the cons of flex space buildings? We've mentioned a lot of great things about them. They're often not in a great location. So security has been an issue at times. My advice to you is any building you buy, especially flex and especially buildings that are off the beaten path where there's not a lot of nighttime traffic, add a ton of lighting, light your buildings up like a Christmas tree, 
because if there's other buildings around, your building may not be the ideal candidate for break-ins or vandalism. Make sure if you need to, your parking lot is secured, barbed wire, chain link fences. If you have an HVAC company, a plumbing company, an electrician in your space, and the vans are parked outside, people will know that there's a lot of valuable tools and equipment in those vans. So you want to make sure that everything is secured, have cameras all around your building, and make them very prevalent, make them hard to get to, have dome cameras on the corner of your building high up that would require a ladder for anybody to mess with them. When you underwrite flex space buildings, know that they're going to be charged somewhere between retail and warehouse. So if warehouse pricing is typically $4 a square foot and retail is $8 to $10 a square foot, your flex space building should go for, I would say, around $6 per square foot. The amount of retail office versus warehouse will also affect that blended rate. So if it's 90% retail, 10% warehouse, you're going to be closer to retail pricing, especially if the location is retail friendly. If your flex space is 90% warehouse and just 10% office in, let's say, a little corner, you're going to be closer to warehouse pricing. Evaluate the market, figure out what other flex spaces are going for, and I think you'll find in most markets there's no vacancies for flex space. So call up owners and find out what their tenants are currently paying. Look on CoStar, look on Crexy, and determine the availability as well as the going market rates. So best ever listeners, I hope I've given you a little bit of insight into flex space buildings. We had a previous episode on mixed use buildings. I want all of you to open your horizons a little bit the returns are often much higher in these other asset classes that have less competition. They have less money chasing them because there's higher barriers to entry, most of which is just knowledge. My goal is to give you that knowledge to get those higher returns. I implore you to look at flex space buildings, start underwriting them, find them and do a pro forma, get all the numbers, get the leases and look at what your cash on cash returns are for these types of properties. Also keep in mind, management overhead is almost non-existent. Again, these are not beautiful retail showrooms. They're more industrial buildings that don't require as much upkeep. There's often not really nice landscaping like you would find in retail or office locations. It's just parking lot, metal building, flat or metal roof, and they're easy to maintain. So go out there and start underwriting some flex space buildings. Compare that to whatever you're investing in today, whether it's single family, multifamily, retail, office. I think you'll find flex is a great asset class. Best ever listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.